Weekend. Yeah, we had a friend's trip, which was awesome. It was nice. But, uh, you know, with that, obviously, we missed the uh, the normal Saturdays that we would have. Unfortunately. But we're here now. Yes. And? Yes, we, we have. Yes. Yes, we do. But before we get into our guests, everybody, yeah. you know where to find us. PardonMyAmerican.com. Thank you to all the patrons. Thank you to all the, the PayPal donations. You guys help build this show. You guys make this stuff happen. Absolutely. If you guys like what we do, make sure you're sharing our content. And also, rock some hats yeah i'm not wearing the shirt today unfortunately chris is probably we got shirts we got yeah, hats we got sure. all kinds of fun stuff absolutely go check it out uh you know rep it around your town helps us out a lot right? sure does okay yes without further ado you guys or do or do oh what did i say <laughs> further or do oh yeah, okay. or do <laughs> well hey that's i made up a word there <laughs> our guest today yeah. is topher yeah man topher you are a hip-hop star also i also known for tiktok dude so I, yeah. I first saw TikTok, uh, Topher on TikTok, and I was blown away by all your videos, man. And I am excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining. If there's anything else about you, I mean, we just, we want to get to know you. We want the people that, to know you. So what are you all about, man? What's up, Greg? Dave, I'm glad to finally be be on here with you guys. Uh, and I'm part of my American, so let's get into it. Yeah, I, I yeah. grew up in rural Mississippi. Uh, nothingness, nothing there. I, my, you know, my mom suffered from alcoholism. I, I saw domestic violence. I come from poverty. Um, and what I have achieved now is, is what they would say the American dream, or at least my dream, because I've always dreamed of being an artist, successful artist. And, you know, to, to be able to have the Patriot hit number one on the billboard for hip hop is, is uh, astounding, especially when you take in consideration the fact that most music today is explicit or degrading or just downright, um, uh, disgusting. We yeah. Have to say we WAP. I mean, hello. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, life is great. You know, I'm married, got two beautiful daughters, a beautiful wife. Uh, life is good. And just still in Mississippi. I didn't want to leave. A lot of people ask, would I leave Mississippi? I said, no, uh, it, it's cheap here. So, why would I, <laughs> why would I leave? Well, it's your home, too, right? I mean, it's, yeah, uh, it's where the family is. It's hard to leave yeah. where you, you know, it's hard to leave something like that. Well, I had to leave when I did my six years in Air Force. Uh, I did six years active duty Air Force and and I, I let go of my dream for a little bit, but I, I got it back when I realized that it's just a calling of my life. And like you were saying, Greg, I got started more in, in the political scene with the TikTok videos. It wasn't music at first. It was it was TikTok and just getting deep into topics. And then I realized that as I uh, made it OK or at least opened up some barriers for others who wanted to do the same thing. Uh, the content I didn't have to be the face of it anymore the movement started to take on legs itself I said let me let me get into something that's more um, unique to what I can do and offer the 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 movement that we have with the conservative with the conservatives or patriots in America and that's music right so I decided to get more focused on the music and have a look back success and a lot of people that love me for my TikToks understood the transition 
you know, we got to grow. And I, like I said, you know, I, I got everyone going. There's, there's people that's more equipped than I am to do yeah. videos. Cause all I did was point. Like I was just known to, to sit there and just like, Hey, you know, yeah, that's a, what's I mean, going on. That's we played music. I mean, we grew yeah. up playing music and playing in bands and touring and stuff. And I mean, we never got to achieve that, man. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. I mean, being number one is, <laughs> I can't even fathom that shit. Man. I, I don't know how you, I, I would be, I'd be like, yeah, I thought yeah. I'd make it, man. That's how, it. how are you handling that, man? <laughs> well, uh, let's just say that it's still hitting home. It's, it's yeah. interesting because we was in Texas for July 4th um, visiting family. And my, my, my stepdad, or not my stepdad, my father-in-law hasn't really been out in public with me. So it's all kind of new to him. So when he was seeing people recognize me and want to take photos with me, he was like, wow, that's that's pretty crazy. It's just yeah. uh, to know someone that's, that's done that and achieved that, to have the music, to have that type of impact. Uh, I'm still adjusting to it, but I, I've accepted it. Yeah. You know, I've accepted my my because if I don't accept it, then I'm going to carelessly do things that may ne- they may have a negative impact on others. So I, I do accept where I have achieved and where I'm at and how people look at me. So um, sure. I make sure I do it the right way. You know. Well, dude, your uh, the big hit was the Patriot, right? Yeah. And but that whole album is badass, man. Yeah. It's it's awesome. I mean, I rock that stuff at the gym. I listen to it in my car. Well, for me, like, uh, you know, you got guys like, like Tom McDonald, you know, doing stuff and it's, I want to talk about the culture of it all because I think there's a lot that we can do to change the culture through music and movies and stuff, which which conservatives generally haven't done well with. I'm I'm not going to lie over the past, you know, decade, but, um, what's cool about, I didn't care for Tom McDonald as much early on. I kind of thought he was gimmicky. What I do like about what you guys do is your music is legit, like straight, great, music it doesn't feel like a gimmick it feels it feels like 100 percent you man you know what i mean like it's not like you're mm-hmm. trying to push buttons yeah it's pure pure man and yeah. uh yeah i mean i appreciate that and i think tom is all his new stuff to me is is so much better than it was before i mean he's grown a lot too but i really like how just pure you guys are man i just want to tell you that your music is i can listen to it all the time all the time yeah and it's truth I mean, you're speaking the message and like what you were saying with TikTok, you're pointing and stuff, but it doesn't matter. You're speaking truth, man. Yeah. And that's what it people are starving for. And yeah. they just want to hear somebody tell them what they're seeing because they they're not getting told that by the mainstream news. Yeah. And so when you see somebody, uh, whether it be on TikTok, IG, wherever, you know, that's that's the message is getting through. And then when you add music on top of it. Now they have a rhythm to remember it. You know what I mean? So they're reciting it and they're going, oh, yeah, it's not just a TikTok video. Now I'm reciting this song, which is, you know, I'm, I'm speaking the truth yeah. all the time. I don't know. I, I love it, man. So who does your who does your beats and stuff? Do you do everything or do you get the beats or how does that work for you? I get the beats. Yeah, uh, I have produced beats, you know, in previous years, but I decided to focus more on just getting the lyrics and, yeah. and the delivery because it takes a lot of energy just doing that. But uh, my main producer is Killer Vic Beats. He produced The Patriot, Circle Back, a lot of your favorites that you heard on the album. Yeah. Uh, he's a Marine veteran himself. He's based out of New York. Great guy. Uh, and then if anybody else, I just pick random beats online that I, I may love that, you know, maybe I get him to reproduce. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much my main guy right there. Who super, did super Everybody Hates guy. Chris? Uh, man, who was their producer? It was... I can't think of the top of my head, but it's some a beat I found online. So okay, well, it's Chris is shaking his head over here. Like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just saying because I mean that that song hits, dude. I, I love that song. 
So Topher, what was your, what's your goal? Like with the music, like what would you, obviously you've had some success already. I mean, clearly, but what's your goal with it? Like you just want to put a message out there. You want more people to hear truth. Does that mean, has that always been the goal and continue, continuing to be the goal? One, right. You know, I'm a big believer of just present the truth and let people make the decisions, right? I hate when people feel like they got to hide the truth or at least bend it in a way just to get people to think a certain way. It's like, I just want the truth. You're like, and I'm going to form my own opinion, whether it's different from yours or not. At least we know that the starting point is truth. <laughs> and it's not yeah. some lie that we, we've uh, uh, conjured up and now we push into the masses. So that's one of the reasons why I did started with the TikToks and even with my music, I try to make sure that we, we get to the real facts of the, of the case. And facts are scary to most people. But I think that's, that's how we objectively approach things it's like okay the fact is even if you did something wrong whether you you know whether you're spiritually doing something physically whatever you're fat that's just a fact the truth is you can be better right the fact doesn't mean that it's truth it doesn't mean that's who you are it's just where you are at this point in time in reality and that's what that's why i feel like people get offended so often is because they feel like that's that we're telling them who they are. It's not, it's not who you are. It's just where we are right now in, in, this, in this timeline. So uh, I, I try to put, at least what, what the music I'm doing is one, truth, and two, encourage others and show others that you don't have to sell out to the industry. The industry, at least the music industry, and like you said, Dave, you, you have some music, so you probably know that it, it really pimps people. It takes advantage of those who didn't have much and promised them the world in exchange for their soul, exchange for, you know, them giving up their morality. And we can see it happen. You know, you see Lil Nas or you see Young Thug or anybody that when they first get signed, they look like humble dudes. And now that they're big and famous, they're wearing dresses, painting their nails, yeah. uh, just doing all kind of crazy things that just wasn't around before they got signed. They're twerking uh, on Satan's lap in their videos. <laughs> I mean, come on. Satan's lap. So, well, we see it, right? We, we no one's it, no one's oblivious to this. We just accept it, but it shouldn't be the norm, you know. In any industry, you shouldn't have to give up who you are to be successful. So that's one of the reasons why I keep doing what I do, yeah. so others can follow the example and show that you can have. You may not be mega super famous, but I, you don't have to be mega super famous to have the life that you want to live. If that makes sense. Yeah, it no, everything, man. And and one thing that I get from your music is just values. You know, like. Let's reorient where our values lie because yeah, moral values and just, you know, family, because we all come from broken families. All of our parents are divorced. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the trend, but that's taught us, you know, we've learned from that. It gives us that perspective of, okay, this is hard for one. And two, it's important for your kids. It's important for, you know, your generation to raise up good families themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just knowing that that you actually are showing that it's not about just Hollywood, it's not just about fame, it's not about money, but it's about morals, it's about getting back to the root of humanity. Yeah, it's like yeah. bringing substance back into the industry. Well, yeah, and and like you said, Topher, it's like it's not telling you who you are, but it's just saying, look, this is what's on the table here. Well, you gotta have, you gotta have things it? that like open the doors up for people. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's through yeah. a podcast or through music, you got to be able to have something that gets somebody to think for a second. Like, yeah. what is he saying true or is this bullshit? And then you kind of like go through and do a search, and people generally, if they actually look stuff up, they they start to see 
all the flaws and the lies and then it starts opening up more doors. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're doing is, is incredible, man. And I like, I don't know, man, even with this podcast, like the idea is never to be, we don't want to be Joe Rogan. You know, we just want to be able to do this as a, you know, we'd love to do this as a career and just have some success, you know, and it, it's all about the money, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I figured I was going to ask you, go ahead, Greg. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So I know you want to kind of go into the culture and stuff too. Yeah. Right? So as far as culture and stuff, what kind of value do you find that your music has brought so far? I've seen, so I've, I've had videos sent to me tagged in where you have kids who are now jamming out to the same songs as their parents are listening to. Like I got so many praise reports for parents say, Hey, I thank you so much for your music for it to be clean and allows. And once again, it allows them to educate their kids on very important topics that's going on in culture today, without having to bleep out certain words or remove, remove certain things. So I've had, my music used for educational purposes i had people do essays on the patriot like like breaking down my lyrics and and really in diving into it i've had a a testimony of a lady said her husband was a cop or is a cop who was in a terrible accident and and he died you know or at least he you know flatlined multiple times on the bed but she said the the last time he flatlined or came back she had played the patriot for him right before that time and he never flatlined again matter of fact he just started making a full recovery Oh my God. Every time. And that's all he listens to is the Patriot because he's so patriotic about his country. He loves being a cop, protecting and serving. And my song was able to give him that fighting spirit. So I'm seeing the, the, the fruit of what I, what I have. So, and I have actually had a a group of girls that did a dance routine to the Patriot. And instead of them twerking and gyrating, they, they did no real, real choreography, just straight up hands, something sweet, something anyone can listen to. So I'm already seeing that impact that we're making. And that's what I want to do. I just want to improve people and show that things, self-objectification is a real thing. A lot of people think that's, that's women empowerment or that's some type of empowerment, but it's not. It comes from the same place as when uh, a, another person objectifies you. It's not love. It's, it's matter of fact, if anything, it's self-hate to a certain point. So I just want to encourage people to really dig into these things and get the conversation going. And like I said, to see that impact, uh, it definitely makes me continue to fight every day. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's I wish, it. Yeah. I mean, I, we, I know how it feels when people like take some of our podcasts and they chop it up and make like their own videos. And it's yeah. like, man, you put, you put time into making this cool thing, dude. And I mean, music's obviously a different thing. Like you can do dance routines and stuff to it, but I think that's awesome because when you see a lot of my daughter's in dance or at least she was for a while and okay. luckily she was in like in a uh it was like a christian kind of dance group so they were very like and it was great man they had great dancers and it was awesome but there was no like nothing that i was like what is this you know for, for sure someone who's seven but i think it's awesome that you're putting out stuff that people can do that too and it because it, it, it honestly all that stuff it, it's contagious the more that that stuff's out there and you see people not doing that stuff and you're realizing how good it is on a humble level, more people will do it that way instead of doing it the way that they're used to seeing, like, you know, I mean, cause they're watching the news and there's people twerking on uh, ambulances, man, yeah. you know, with, yeah. with people, you know, so like, it's just all over the place. And the music industry is nasty, bro. It it's is nasty. Yeah. And that goes back to what Topher was saying. Like yeah. they're doing it for money. It's all about the material realm instead of just, you know, like you were saying, like the <clears throat> humble feeling and, and morals. Right. So when you were growing up, listening to music, Topher, um, the, the, the people that you are around, 
the culture, the music that was coming out, did you see the effect that that kind of had? Because I know growing up for us, like music was a lot of what we were as people. Yeah. Um, did you notice that that was starting to change people? Like, because I feel like it, it got rap and stuff to me and hip hop in the early 90s when I was a kid was a lot different than what it turned into in the late 90s, 2000s. And it just started altering into this weird thing where honestly, the majority of it's crap, in my opinion, right now. I mean, this whole the mumble rap and everything is just gross. Trash. I say it trash. Trash. Yeah. I mean, did you know, does that, did you see an effect on the culture that you were around? Did that change things for you or for the people that you knew? I would say, yeah, of course. You know, um, I, I'm from Mississippi, so I grew up on blues. And so, it was, yeah, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not from a musical town or city. Like I said, I grew up in the boonies, so I wasn't in any in inner city where you had a lot of musical scenes at all. Uh, so I, what I have and what you see is just homebred, homegrown talent. Like I had no mentor, no nothing. I wasn't around others. Just something I worked, worked hard for day and night. But, yeah, I, I see it happen all the time. I think the difference between. Because we, we have violent music, right? We had Eminem, who used to be very, yeah. you know, gimmicky and, and extreme with his lyrics, but no one took him serious, right? We knew that it's just music. But yeah. today's kids don't know that it's just music, and they go out there and they try to be what they hear. You know, whether it's, whether it's popping zannies, whether it's going out, um, you know, talking about murder, whatever, whatever got going on. And we see this because rappers are dying, like, weekly. Yeah. which is crazy to see like this is just in a time where we have all this technology and and freedom of information people are, are going back to like barbaric behavior and it's, it's crazy to see um this decline in culture but we have to say you know I, i'm a christian so i believe that the the eyes and the ears are the gateway to your soul and if you don't guard them it can be infiltrated by evil just as it could be infiltrated by good yeah. So if, if you only put negative into your, if you only listen to negativity and you only watch the negativity, then eventually it's going to take, you know, fruition and it's, it's going to come through out of your character, out of your body, out of your heart. And then you're going to be like, whoa, what happened? You're not, you know, you're going to look up because it's, it's subconsciously done. Yeah. So I encourage anybody, like, if you're going to do that, just balance, right. And know that these people are, aren't really doing, see, we knew T.I. wasn't a gangster because he might talked about being a gangster, but he never been to prison. Yeah. Right. He never did a hard time. He never killed anybody. He's out here living in, in, in the rich part of Atlanta in that area. So it's like, this dude is not really living that lifestyle. He talks about it, yeah. but he's not living that lifestyle. But so many kids are trying to truly um, get into this culture in, in the negative, in the wrong way. So I'm just like, we got to change this. And if, if they don't know the difference, then we have to be adults and say, okay, let's get away from that for a time being. And, and get them something that can add value to their life. Yeah. And that brings up a good point because it's, it's about having role <laughs> models in your life and, yeah, or at least just having somebody that you can go to, to escape that rut that whether it's the listening to the bad music, watching the bad films, anything like that has driven your life down into that hole. It's good to have that person that you can go to, to kind of look for advice. Just like, how do, how do I climb out of this? You know yeah, what I mean? You got to make that that escape the influence be a, a good influence yeah if you're trying to escape the bad and the evil you're constantly around with more bad and evil you'll never escape contradicting yourself well, it's, it's challenging though because when you brought up eminem i think you make a good point like i i i remember buying eminem's first album when it came out you know and yeah it was like i mean it's vulgar man and it's it's 
it's all these things that, but I knew I was like, man, this guy's pushing buttons. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is like a shock value artist. You know what I mean? Like he wants to come out. He's going to be popular because they're going to be talking about his crap everywhere. Yeah. And you know, I grew up, I grew up with like hard rock and metal. That was my family. I Maryland, mean, Meta- Marilyn Manson Metallica and like my, one of my first concerts was Manson, man. Like, and I mean, we all know what he is, you know, like he, it is what it is, but I just never looked at it. Like I just looked at it like theater, you know, when I was growing yeah. up, I was yeah. like, man, this guy's like, I went to a show and he had like freaking 20 costume changes and he had all these crazy sets and there's pyrotechnics and it's just, and, and the music was like driving, you know, and it was, I was like into it, but I never looked at it like, like gospel. Like this is beer life. No, like I, I looked at the kids around me that was into it. Cause I'd listened to it for many years. I yeah. mean, Rob Zombie and all these guys at that time. And I looked around the kids. I'm like, man, these guys are like weirdos compared to me. Like I didn't, I didn't, wasn't doing like the crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Were. They're taking it way too seriously. They take it so seriously. Yeah. And, and, and that's not how he's sh- just a freaking, he's a dude. Yeah. You, you know? No, and I mean, like, so where I was going with this whole, like, having a mentor and having somebody to look up to, we talked about critical race theory and how teachers, you know, they they are the ones that sometimes are that point of reason for kids to go to, to kind of escape whatever they're in, like lifestyle, friends, all this stuff, right? And so with critical race theory, what are your opinions on that and... I mean, what what do you think that we can do to either, if it's not a great idea, escape it and, you know, all that stuff? I posed a question uh, on Facebook and Twitter, I believe, and I said, what is CRT going to teach my daughters that can't be learned outside of it and going to add value to their life and making them successful? Everyone only brings up history. I was like, who cares? Right. It's like we we know that we know the majority of the history. And unless this history is going to dive into the fact and dismantle the Democrat Party and show why it's stupid for us to continue to vote Democrats and black people, which it's not going to do, then I, I don't see the point in CRT. You know, I, I don't have to re- microaggressions. What is microaggressions? They talk about implicit bias. They try to bring up all things that have been debunked by the original original um, founders of these uh, uh, things. And. It's, it's just so weird to me. Like, and, and they stereotype all black people or all people when it comes to microaggressions. Like, I don't, I don't think it's aggressive if, if you, Greg, was like, "Hey, Topher, let me, let me try." You know, I never seen a beard or your hair like that. Like, can I rub it? You know, <laughs> I am known for rubbing beards. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're racist because you just want to touch a black person here. I'm like, no, touch it. Who cares? <laughs> first, like, you go, can... wait, where are those hands been? Wash your <laughs> you damn know, hands first. Uh, you know, I might ask that, though. It's like, hey, yeah. where, where's that, uh, where's that Germax? Yeah. That real quick. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, that's not a microaggression for all black people um, because I, for one, am not my hair. Yeah. You know, just once again, I'm not my skin color. I'm not my hair. I'm not any of these things for I'm in any. Before I'm anything, I'm Christian. Then I am a a father, a husband, a, a military veteran. All these things I chose to be. I did not choose to be black. Yeah. Therefore, I'm not going to prioritize my blackness over all these things. But CRT wants to prioritize blackness over everything. And another issue I have with it is it takes away the individuality of each person. Instead of looking at racism on individual level, which for the most part, that's all we're going to see it right now. They want to take it and put it on a structural level, and which is, once again, almost non-existent. It's like we're chasing this white ghost. And 
they're excusing the few black people or the many black people I know because I only hang out with winners, so I don't know what you're <laughs> hanging out with. But um, we're very successful. We have not had any incidents where we can't overcome something. And if something racist did happen, it was that person. It was that incident. Yep. It's not every white person. It's not going to be every incident. And it's okay. Like, we don't have to champion something that we've already championed people have bled and fought for 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 uh decades now it's it's okay to accept the progress that we made income inequality they keep trying to make it about race and i was like no it has a lot to do with personal choices you know um it's clear that if you have both parents you have a higher chance of especially if they all both went to college you have a high chance of, of not living in poverty and escaping poverty yourself you know, I was, let's go to the Brookings Institute just real quick and then we go on with it. But Brookings Institute say if you do these three things, you will escape poverty with a 95% chance. And these three things are super simple. I don't know why it's difficult. Graduate high school. Whoa. Hold yeah. on now. Hold on now. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Number two, wait till you're married or wait till you're over 21 to have a kid. Wow. You know, that's tough right there because. Yeah. You know, we, we, we can't be giving up that sex and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And 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 three, um, keep a job. Wow. You know, just yeah. sometimes boss man get on your nerves. You don't want to go in that Friday. You just want to go somewhere else and, and hang out for six months. But those three things seem very simple, manageable for anybody. And you will get out of poverty with a 95% chance. And if you only do two of them, you have a 75% chance of escaping poverty. So it's simple decisions that can help either make you or break you. And that's what I try to encourage people to do is because if you listen to CRT, the government controls your outcome, right? If you listen to conservatism, you are in control. And even if I go back to my Bible, because once again, I'm a Christian, I am in control of my destiny of what I do. And God is. So it's like, why are we giving so much authority empower to a government that when we don't have to so that, that's just my thing on crt i think it takes away <clears throat> a lot of the personal responsibility yeah you know? like yep. you, you kind of touched on all that but um i understand it and obviously we're uh white males over here you know and we get that i wouldn't say a lot but we get that we're like you guys don't understand and yeah maybe we don't you know like we're we're obviously not in the black community you know so we have our opinions and but like I just feel like there's a lot that, you know, you, you, we've lost the personal responsibility. Like everybody, there's everybody in this world deals with something tough, you know, whatever it may be, they all deal with something tough. Mm -hmm. And it's like, do you got the family structure? But the government has eroded that for years and years and years and years where they don't want families. They don't, they want single Absolutely. mothers getting money. They, well, they want, want you dependent on them. They want you the dependent government. on them. <clears throat> and you made a great point. It's like, it's not hard to finish school. You know, even if you yeah. even if you drop out, you can still get your GED, which is still better than not doing anything and and getting a job. There's plenty of jobs out there right now. You know, like you don't have to have that big screen like you might have to struggle. You might have to have an apartment with a, a single couch. that so you got a goodwill been and there. a crappy TV. That's all I got to say been there. So, yeah, <laughs> but a lot of people aren't willing to do that. You know, I've you yeah. know, we have I grew up with friends who were lower income and they had the big screen still. They still had, you know, yeah. the freaking Nintendos and whatever it was. And I'm like but you're, you're poor, man. Like you got all this stuff and, and you're, you kind of like their parents almost just, well, we gotta, we gotta make sure that they're, 
like the other kids. They have to have all this stuff, but they're putting themselves in debt and they're never getting out of it because they have to be equal. And it's like, just struggle for a while. You'll get out of it. Save your money. <laughs> like that's gone. Or like Topher was saying, put in the work and work your way yeah. up. You know what I mean? Maintain a job. Yeah. Maintaining a job. But don't spend your money on stupid crap either. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like yeah. I think well, a lot of people spend their money on stupid crap. And at crap. the same time, you have to keep in mind how you're portraying yourself. I think that's a lot of it too. And whether people like it or not, how you present yourself means a lot. Yeah. So you portray yourself differently by the words you say and the actions you take. Yeah. So you present yourself in a good way. And most of the time there's going to be good outcomes from that. Sure. Yeah. And that's, that's really like taking accountability for tomorrow because your, your presentation today will impact who you are tomorrow because first impressions, right? This is the first time we met you, Topher. If we came up here and we were rude, we were doing a bunch of stuff that just kind of turned you off. You'd never want to talk to us again. You know what I mean? And so that kind of sets the narrative of everything going forward. So it's personal accountability and it's, but it impacts just everything of your life. I mean, well, I just think with uh, critical race theory, like I, I don't understand why we can't, you know, understand the history, understand that there was a lot of flaws and a lot of mistakes and a lot of terrible things that happened. But going forward, like if we keep, you know, talking about it in a way of, you know, the, you know, the, the government held you down or Victim the white hood. men held you down yeah. or whatever the situation is. Like, I just feel like that never is going to be a, a, a place where we can come back together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially at a young age where your mind is still developing. That's man. I would be, I, you know, it's already happened in our state, Washington state. Yeah. I mean, they passed critical race theory in Washington state as far as I'm, I'm aware. I think it's being taught. It's next being year, taught yeah. next year. That's crazy to me. You know, I, I'm, it makes me nervous <laughs> of what my kids are going to hear. And, we're going to have to do a lot of explaining at home, which is, what well, we no, I, I think this is where we go to school boards and this is where we speak up and this yeah. is where we kind of get more involved. Yeah. And that is honestly when, um, so you first started getting into politics Topher, like November, 2019, right? Yeah. So did Trump kind of spur your interest? Like, who is this crazy guy? How did he get in here? No, it was my, my red pill moment, or at least wanting to know more about the, the political parties and, and platforms was after I felt robbed when I found out that Mike Brown did not have his hands up when he got shot. You know, I was believing the whole hype, you know, LeBron James, the whole NBA was wearing shirts and everyone was because, you know, what I'm saying you trust celebrities, you mm-hmm. trust, uh, you know, um, big time personalities. So. I wasn't really diving into research or doing anything. So I was just kind of like, okay, um, I'm sure they're not going to lie to me. So it must be something there. And then, so I'm just like, oh man, it's messed up shooting black people. And then when, when it came out that no, he, he didn't have his hands up and the witnesses agreed that he actually assaulted the officer and tried to take his gun and the officer fired in return. I was like, oh, well then, yeah, that's, you should be shot. You know, there's, there's no, you know, this is just two plus two is four. So I'm just like, Okay, so I don't want to feel dumb anymore. So when news start coming out, I'm gonna start doing more research. And like I said, the more research I did, the more I was like, "What is going on? Like, it, it, do do we are we just missing something?" Mm-hmm. And then I decided to just sit back and really think about, excuse me, um, what political party I want to be a part of because this is the 2015 was the first time I was going to be voting. I didn't vote in well, I wasn't old enough to vote in 20, in 2008 for Obama. I was a senior in high school. I wasn't old enough to vote, but for uh, 2012, I missed it. I was basic training, or not basic training. I was in, in 
school and I, you know, I had to do absentee vote and all that stuff. And I didn't feel like doing all that paperwork. So I didn't vote that year either. So my first time voting when I was at my duty station was 2015. And I was like, I want to make sure I vote for someone and for the party that best represents who I am and what I believe. And when I literally went and pulled up the Republican and Democrat party, I was like, why the heck are we voting Democrat? <laughs> like when I, seriously, when I pulled it up, I was like, wow, this is, you know, I, I don't like abortions, right? I think, you know, he, every life is precious, especially especially innocent life. I'm putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you murdered or did something wrong, I what you get what you sow. Yeah. Um, but an innocent life has done nothing with great potential. Yeah, I'm just like, okay. Um, two, uh, just going down the list, you know, which one's more pro guy, which one is uh, more pro gun, pro, I just kept going down. I was like, yeah, I'm a Republican. And then that's when I found out that Frederick Douglass was a Republican, that Booker T. Washington was a Republican, that all these greats that we so love and talk about in history, we don't really bring up the political party. I was like, why Why no one really talked about these people and, and the things they forewarned us about or, or, or said, hey, this is going to happen. We got to be wary of it. You know, um, I mean, Booker T. Washington said way, way back then that there will be a group of people or black people that would keep the woes and the grievances of the black people in front of everyone's faces way back then. Yeah. He said there's monetary value to be had in that and also status. Mm. So what we see today is CRT and everything else is exactly what he said <clears throat> was going to happen. So it's crazy to me when I see things going on that we had knowledge about so if crt is going to talk about that which is not because i know it's not um matter of fact it's it's rewriting history just like the democrats are trying to rewrite history now Mm -hmm. um but it's it's going to rewrite it and 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 just make it seem as if there's no hope for us and i'm just like there's plenty of hope there's a reason why you see cuba right now that the two flags they're flying is the cuban flag and the american flag you don't see them flying a Canadian flag. You don't see them flying any uh, UK or yeah. Germany flag. You see them flying the U.S. flag. Yeah, it's when, that's all over the world, man. That's like China, what, right. Venezuela. When China's protesting, yeah. U.S. flag. It's like we are the freest country in the world. The beacon of hope. You know, you know like but people ahead, look yeah. at our country as the beacon of what they want, man. I mean, freedom. You take for granted here all the time. Like the younger generation has no idea like what they're, you know, how much freedom we have had, you know, there's a lot going on right now, but everybody wants to be here because it gives them an opportunity. And I think a lot of the younger generation don't understand that there is that opportunity. They, they are clueless on what the other countries are like. But, um, I was going to ask you like in the black community, I feel like, like, uh, religion is, there's a strong history with religion and like, you know, going to church and, and, being a Christian, how does that affect with the voting and stuff? You know, when you're talking about abortion, um, I mean, that affects the black community greatly. And is that something that like in the community, it's like the people aren't going to church as much or is it still as prevalent? And they just aren't seem or they don't see past that because they're still voting for Democrats in a lot of ways. And they're pro-abortion and they're, you know, there's a lot of other things that are <laughs> they're pro. Does that affect I mean, do you see that or what's the reason for that? Because they say the same thing about the um, and like, you know, the Spanish community. They're very, very Christian, but they still tend to vote Democratic. Why is that? It's intimidation. Um, it's, it's, it's you are an outcast if you do anything other than Democrat and believe the hype that has been pushed down the throats of black people for the last decade or so, or at least since the civil rights movement. 
right? Um, they used the churches. I tell people all the time, uh, churches didn't always used to be nonprofit. They didn't always used to have 501c, you know, 3c status. They used to be um, uh, free to do what they want, talk about what they wanted. But the government knew that majority, like if they wanted black people all in one spot, and we use church to kind of talk about these issues because everyone got together. So let's, let's let's throw something in. Let's throw a wrench in there to kind of uh, thwart their uh, ability to talk about the real issues in the community while they're all gathered on that one day. And that was, oh, well, now that you're 501, you know, you got your clearance, you can't talk about it. You can't endorse certain candidates. You can't mm. really talk politics. And when that happened, we stopped talking about it. And if we don't talk about it at church, what do we talk about? You're not about to talk about it at work because now workplace, you can't talk about politics. And if you're not talking about it at work now, when can you talk about that family union? No, because you, you know, you don't want to mess up the family gatherings. Yeah. So when do you talk about politics now? Almost never. And if you're not talking about politics, then all you're going to do is remember the old stuff. Or you're only going to know what people tell you and what you heard through the grapevine. You really don't know. You don't have your thought process challenged. And I, and I find that disheartening, especially for Christians and within the community, because we know abortion is evil and there's no other thing. Right. I don't care what nobody says, health care, whatever. Like, yeah, we, we can talk about that. Um, we can get we can work on health care how we want to do it. I always tell people this, too. It's like you don't have to wait for the government to create a fund that people can draw from to help each other out. That, that's something you can do on a personal level. Mm -hmm. We, we kind of already see it in GoFundMe's and stuff like that. But it's something we all can do. Uh, with ourselves you don't have to wait for the government to get involved i will say this though christians still give more than any other um religion in, in america uh, or any other community we still volunteer the most we still take care of the needy the most so I'm, I'm not knocking that but when it comes to abortion and politics we we've pretty much uh uh made this hill of separation of church and state and decided to die there so oh well i can't bring my 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 Christian values to the political arena because that's separation of church and state. The whole point of that was not to have one state religion in the U.S. It wasn't that you can't vote based on what you believe or run on a campaign based on Christian values. It was just saying we can't set a specific religion and push it down the, the throats of all Americans, just yeah. like we don't have one set language in America, although most of us speak English there's no set language here in America. So people have taken that and used that as a cop out to just not be involved yeah. Um, they'd rather deal with other stuff. And that's why I feel like we just took the back seat on too many things. And <laughs> I know we made a song called band of brothers with the Marine rapper. And in it, I was like, um, we Christians with an, with an attitude, no more, no one hate, no one more hated than us than us right because you know we're not sitting back anymore we're, we're going to be verbal we're going to be visible and we're going to be out here we're saying no this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong it's evil we need to address this i'm not saying you have to agree with me but we need to address this this is a problem and we need to speak out you can say what you want about me throw th you know throw stones whatever but we're going to talk on this issue because integrity <clears throat> says integrity says there we, we we see that's an evil problem or that's an issue character says i'm gonna do something about it and so many people are lacking character today. And yeah. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want my daughters to look back 10 years, 20 years down the road and say, Dad, what was you doing? Well, you know, I was playing Warzone, getting my KD up. You know, yeah. that, was, that was pretty <laughs> fun. But no, I want them to look through the history and books and say, okay, my dad was out here speaking up for the country and values that he believed in, that we believe in, 
and he was on the front lines. And that's yeah. something I want to be proud of. That's beautiful, man. Because you have to fight for what you believe. And not yeah. enough people in America do that right now. Even mm-hmm. if you feel like you're the outsider, which in most situations is not going to be true because um, they, they push down everybody's voice so that you feel like you're alone. Um, yeah, I mean, you kind of brought it up, like even with abortion, you know, like it, it's not hard. Even if you can't communicate in church or you can't communicate out in public, you know that that's wrong. And so like this, you don't need anybody else. Yep. Like, you know that that's wrong. So <clears throat> I think I'm, I'm, I've noticed more of a trend where people are starting to take a stand, you know, and actually fight for their beliefs and their religion or whatever they, they find value in. Yeah. And it's nice to see because for a long time that wasn't there. Well, that's why I was I was going to say with this movement of Trump coming in, that's what spurred my interest into politics because I didn't know much of anything about politics. I was like, okay, there's just two parties to choose from, blah, blah, blah. Don't like either of them, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but I saw that Trump got in and no one anticipated him getting in. And then it's it's one of those things where you start looking at the cracks and you – tear it apart and you go, okay, well, this is what their foundation was made out of. And a lot of it is lies. And you know, it's just, you see what's being sold in the mainstream media. And that's one thing I loved about Trump is that he would say things that I already knew, like the mainstream media is a bunch of BS. Right. And I mean, that's not hard. Exactly. But it's it's not hard, but no one called it out. Yeah. And when you have the president of the United States now calling it out, yeah. It's like, oh, my goodness. You well, know? We've said it on the show many times that, like, the fact that people were attacking Trump in such a way is pretty self-explanatory of what the, you know, and when both parties are attacking the guy, like, he might be doing something right. Because yeah. both parties are are not great, you know, in a lot of ways. Democrats yep. are far worse, but the conservatives have a lot of issues, man. And the Republican Party have a lot of issues. But, yeah, I mean, uh, did you, I mean, I know you said that you couldn't vote for Obama because um, you were too young at the time, but. How did you think of his presidency and what led into having a Trump come in? Uh, I'm glad. So, <clears throat> okay. So, right. I, I, we're Democrats, right? Yeah. We, we're told to be Democrats. We're told to support people simply because they're black. You know, that was just how we was raised. And it was great to see a black man get do something that has never been done before. So if I had to, if I could vote in 2008, most likely would vote for Obama. Yeah, I was on the fence in 2012. I just didn't really care too much. So whatever. Like I said, I was going through training. And it was like second one on my mind back then. But I, especially with DACA and um with um the uh, DACA and the Defense Marriage Act DMA Aldoma. <clears throat> so with all that, I got kind of pissed. Right. It's like, wait a minute. Um, you know, man and a woman getting married. So y'all just going to subvert the the people's choice and, and, and rewrite law based on Supreme Court interpretation. I was like, that's that's not how we do things, according to the Constitution. And I, and I was kind of pissed because it's like this when I knew that LGBTQ had more power than anyone else, because remember, the 14th Amendment did not have enough power to give women the right to vote, but it had enough power to allow you to marry who you wanted to. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. So I was like, this should have went through a voting process just like every other amendment. But no, they decided to subvert the people's power. And at the time, a lot of, a lot of states were allowing it in their, in their um, state, which is fine, right? You know, but we still shouldn't have done it that way. I don't think we should have interpreted it all that way. Um, but yeah, so... That let, let, uh, let, uh, left a sour taste in my mouth. And the fact that 
Chicago was worse on Obama than it was when he wasn't in office and he's from Chicago and never did anything about it. You know, uh, he just didn't do what I expected the first black president to do. Right. It's like, there's a lot of stuff that he could have done. And I was just kind of disappointed when Trump came along, this was around the time when PC PC culture was coming, right. Political correctness was coming and, and everybody was just, Oh, you can't say this. You can't do that. Ooh, that's taboo. And I was already fed up with it. I'm like, this is dumb. Like we, we can't even have a real conversation anymore because you're going to get dinged for something. Mm-hmm. And when he came along and he was just like, you can't counsel me. Trump was the first uncounselable person I have known the man. Cause when he came through, he, he would cuss. Um, and I, I, I told someone on an interview, I said, Trump was the first person that made me believe I could become president. It wasn't Barack Obama. Barack Obama, and and even, you know, old Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe said it himself. He said, you know, Barack Obama was a a well-spoken black man and, 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 you know, intellectually speaking, all that stuff. It's like, exactly. I I didn't have all that. I didn't have a master's degree or, or, or anything in law. I didn't understand that. I could not speak as well as he could speak. So it was like an unachievable goal for me at that point because I have a speech impediment and stuff like that. I said, but Trump, <laughs> he spoke with like a normal person's uh, literacy rate or or something you could just understand. You felt yeah. like an uncle was talking to you and just keeping, keeping it real. Dude, that is and- a fantastic point. Not to interrupt, but I mean, that that I think is what the party establishment is afraid of is outsiders thinking that they have a shot. Yeah. They don't yeah. want that. And now, I mean, a lot of people think this way. They're like, okay, well, if Trump can become president, I mean, look at Kanye, dude. Kanye is up there. Exactly. You know, he's running for president. Well, actually, yeah, it's, it's, you know, the idea that he, that Trump was able to speak in a a language that everybody could understand, even though it was messy and, and coming behind a president in Obama who was so articulated and everything was so clear. And, you know, it was just like, it was almost now I'm looking at, I'm like, I hate that kind of a speech from anybody. Like, yeah. I don't, I hate that. And you've said it, even with DeSantis and stuff. There's it's, a, it's politics. It's talk. that pol- political yeah. speech where I'm kind not, of over that real, shit. Man. Like it's, it's a fake thing. It's almost yeah. like taking drama class and learning how to, you know, do movies and you have this certain stuff. And it's well, like it's one reason why I don't like the media. They yeah. all have the same cadence. It's the same tone. Uh, it's the same message. It's like, okay, I'm not hearing anything that's true. Yeah. And truthfully, uh, Topher, did, did Trump ever rub you wrong because being a Christian, did that rub you wrong in certain aspects or were there things that you were, you struggled with or did you just like take it for what it is and, and see the uh, actual, the outcomes of things that he was talking about actually improve? Well, it was more about the policies, right? It was policies over personality for me, you know, because uh, if we just go about personalities, Christians would never put anybody in office. Yeah, <laughs> we just it just we could yeah. never do that, and that that to me just makes no sense. But when it came to policies, I'm like, okay, these are very Christian policies, like anti-abortion. First president to attend a march for life, yes, that's that's what we need. We need to yeah. bring back protecting babies. Like this is this is this is what I want to see happen, you know. And when it comes to the Constitution, right, I was like, okay, Second Amendment, so yeah, we need to do that. Uh, you know, uh, border security is is a must. We shouldn't have people come over here doing crazy things that we don't know about. Um, like I said, people put fence around their yard. So I don't see what the problem with putting a fence around the United States. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a lot of stuff people have issues with. They go and do the complete opposite in their personal life. It's like, y'all sound so dumb right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, so it never it never rubbed me the wrong way because 
like I said, we would never be able to put somebody in office. And, you know, and I was like, let's just really focus on these policies and policies that he had at the time was the best one. And I sure wasn't about to put Hillary Clinton in there. Yeah. Who's just another grown been in office for, for you know, what, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, her husband, you know, was the president and everyone, all this stuff. I was like, man, this, this ain't going to be good for America. We need something fresh. We need somebody who, doesn't really care because tr- Trump couldn't be bought. And that's why I loved about it. Yeah. We could tell everybody else, because you think about it, the income Obama had versus when he had got out, you know, before yep. he went in versus got out, everybody. Trump was all, matter of fact, Trump was the only one to lose money yeah. running for president. I was going to say, yeah. So, and in billions. So yeah. that's, that's why I knew that he was a different breed. You know, he's out here because he truly cares, not because it pays. Yeah, I think, uh, and and it's weird kind of going into the recent election, you know, um, the, there's so many, like, he got so much more support and and it's really like sad to see Joe Biden get these, uh, you know, quote unquote, these awesome numbers more than Obama, more than mm, imagine that. And yet Trump was like increasing votes all across the platform, black community, Hispanic community, Cuban community, everybody's even more did you notice that over the course of his unfortunate shorter presidency that the community was kind of growing to see the outcomes that he was actually creating because uh my wife's cousins are they're they're uh mixed you know they're half black half white and he was like in the black community for me trump was like and he hate he hated trump bro he hated trump when it started i, I don't you know i wouldn't say hated but was not a fan he's like i can't deny the stuff that was happening the policies that he had passed were definitely like improving more than any president we've had in my lifetime. So did you, did the community black community, do you think they recognize that as well? I did, but it, it was, yeah, like I said, it's just bad. You, you cannot admit Trump was doing good because if you met Trump did one thing good, all of a sudden you're a Trumper and you're a traitor. No one wanted to be a traitor, right? No, no one wanted to come out and talk about things because just how everything was so volatile. And, and that's why I say we fail at, but then when it comes to our culture or the community within the black community, because no one can have a difference of opinion. No one can bring up a thought and say, you know, that was really good because it's, they throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's all or nothing for them. It's like, nope, either you agree with the whole thing or you don't. And if you don't agree with everything, then you're, you're not, you know, a part of us. And I hate to see that happen. And that's why there's one of the reasons why I spoke up, because I said, if anyone's going to be a shield for others, let it be me. Like, come on, call me what you want to call me. Uncle Tom, whatever. I can take it. Like I said, I I went to the military. So people yelling in my face and <laughs> and, yeah. and, and calling me all kinds of stuff is is, is OK. I, I did that for two months, confined it to a room with, with no technology. So I think I can handle you know, you, you call me names online. I could just, you know, put my phone down. So that's why I decided to do it to encourage others. And like you said, there's no way when he won without the help of the black community and Hispanics. And then he got more this time around and loses. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. He, he numbers were up all across the board yep. and yeah. everyone's just like, yep, Joe Biden won. It's like Joe Biden can't get in. You look at white house, YouTube page, always yeah. more dislikes and likes, uh, you go to the rallies or places that he'd be at, still no one's there. But Trump was just at the UFC fight, and he, even Megan Fox was like, this dude a legend. She don't, yeah. she don't even like Trump like that, but she she has to admit that he is a, he's a man of the people. And yeah. that's what and that's what why I know some crooked stuff happened. 
right? I'm just going to say that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the right president or the right person for the job was not selected. And that's that's unfortunate. I, I will say we just got to do a better job going forward to 2024, uh, making sure things are done the right way and make sure every vote counts. It's going to be tough, man. And, you know, it's tough because I think we all see we all see some of the uh, inconsistencies. Yeah, the Arizona audit. And, you know, there's stuff coming out that is forcing people to realize we can't really trust our election process right now. Yeah. And going forward, it's like, you know, we got elections coming up soon. You know, the we're going to have another one in 2024, a big one. And uh, it's just like, are we going to be able to correct it before that period of time? Because you made a great point, man. There's no way, no way you can look at Joe Biden. And his speeches, or if you want to call them speeches, it's more of a, you know, rambling. But either way, there's no way you can look at that and be like, yeah, he's as popular as Trump was. You know, like Trump, everywhere he touches, any city that he goes to, there's lines of people waiting for him. You know, just lines of people. And, and yeah. Biden, I feel like he can't bring in 50. <clears throat> I just don't. How do you how do you deny that? Yeah. You know, it's crazy. People are like, no, 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 he won. Even the numbers, if you look at CNN, MSNBC, the people that hate Trump were doing better under Trump. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just everybody was doing he was better. good for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah. so Topher, when you were talking about the, like the, the Democratic Party and the black community, you were saying that it's either kind of you're with me or against me type of thing. When... When you decided to jump into the little bit of politics you have in your music, what was, did you get a lot of backlash from the black community for doing that? Or was you get a lot of support from it? Everybody hates Chris is a double entendre. (laughs) Just, just so you know, it's not just about Chris Pratt. It's also about everybody hates me too. Right. Um, And I got a lot of hate, like I said, just being a black Trump supporter, black conservative. I remember the Washington post for, for God knows what decided to do a piece on me. And um, they published a piece. And a lot of people didn't know within Philadelphia, Mississippi, who I was at the time. So no, no one really cared. But when they did the piece uh, and then even here, the Neshoba Democrat, they decided to share it. Man, so many people were coming under there, just negative things. Oh, Uncle Tom, sell out. Here we go. Uh, just just another dude who just wants to suck up and, and you know, lick the boots, you know, bootlicker, all, all the yeah. terms. And they didn't even mention anything so that I did support Trump for the most part, just talk about other things that I actually achieved. But yeah, as long as you're associated with Trump or anything, period, they have done such a great job of marketing that people honestly believe that if you are a Trump supporter, you're a racist and that his entire base is racist white people. That's this. This is what they do. And this is how they um, convince others that, you know, because a lot of people want to be morally correct. I feel like a lot of people want to feel like they're doing the right thing that they're yeah. taking the high road unfortunately yeah. they have been um um dwindled or uh, uh was it bedoozled be, be swindled i forget the word what ah swindled bamboozled, to believe, bamboozled. i was gonna bamboozled. say <laughs> yeah bamboozled to believe that they are taking a high road and unfortunately that's why they go so hard for and that's what i feel like i gotta protect it because if they're not taking a high road and all of a sudden you introduce something that proves them wrong that cognitive dissonance kick in yeah and they're just like oh no oh 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 you know they for don't sure. want that well yeah and I, that's what i was gonna say like trump's not perfect he's not like you know there's stuff that he does that i i absolutely hate and there's stuff that he does that i absolutely love but what he did was he sparked this movement for people to speak out against the grain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and feel comfortable and be emboldened by it. You can actually, uh, write songs about, you know, stuff that's not socially acceptable, you know, and just 
put it all out on the table so that way people can see it. And it, it gives us a forum to actually talk about it. And that's what sucks about big tech now is everybody's getting squashed with all this, you know, censorship. And Well, I know you, uh, sorry, I had to leave for a second there, but I know that you, uh, you've had to deal with a lot of like your numbers have gone down in certain aspects. I saw a post that your views have gone down on some of your music. Is that true? And it's, you're back on the billboards now. Oh no, it was, um, facts or racist video music video okay. on YouTube that added an age restriction. So I already, every time I upload a video, I said, it's not appropriate for kids. Right. And they typically that's for, I think 13 and under maybe something like that. Yeah. Um, but they added an extra age restriction to my video all of a sudden and saying that this is not appropriate for anybody under age 18. We're familiar. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> so, we get that on our stuff too. But that so hurts. I'm just, I mean, that hurts when you get that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know what they're doing, but I have grown people that's well at their forties and fifties saying that they're logged into their YouTube and still can't share or, or watch the video without that warning. So, um, which is interesting because it's, it's like I said, it's messing with my views, but it also shows me that YouTube is is really telling you that, you know, we talked about Lil Nas X earlier, but let's be real. Lil Nas X dry humping the devil and, and gyrating throughout the entire video half naked is more appropriate for your children than my facts or racist video. Like I feel it. I feel like they dinged me for a four second uh, video of the, the guys jumping the girl. Yeah. But that's an actual real life event. And that was reported in news. And I gave the context to my lyrics. You know what I'm saying? A group of young boys, you know, um, jumping up 15 year old, I forget how. Yeah, uh, a group of young boys jumping the lady, she only 15, left her bloody and shaking. Yeah. So I said the context of it. And I was talking about this issue because this is a real issue that we see within the black community. But yeah. that got flagged as inappropriate for that four second video, my entire video. But Lil Nas X throughout his entire video, nothing, no age restriction or nothing. So I'm telling people that they are, in in a sense, as San Francisco, you know, gay male core said, <laughs> they are converting your children, whether you want them to or not. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's crazy, man. Because I, I feel like when you said context, like th- th- that's what's missing. Like, the, you know, the context of things, you know, like if you're explaining a situation in lyrics or in a music video, and you're talking about a real event like that should mean something. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're doing it in that kind of a way. And that's why earlier I was talking about like old hip hop, whether it's Tupac or, you know, back in you know the gangster rap days. Yeah. Yes. Some of it was like violent and there was a lot of stuff, but that was kind of reality for a lot of people. I mean, they were kind of showing the reality of being in Los Angeles or whatever the situation was, whether you liked it or not. That was that was culturally like that's what it was, man. Whereas yeah. Lil Nas X. Where the, where the heck are you getting, why are you humping a devil? Like, what, yeah. how is that in context of anything? I mean, you either have, like. And, well, that, and they can play that off as performance art, right? And, oh, yeah, it might not be, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it just doesn't make sense to me. It's, like, for my brain, even loving music, and, you know, like, I can I can admit, like, that, what's that horse song that he has that came out and it was blown up everywhere, you know? Oh, the horse one? I, yeah, I mean, my right. kids liked it, man. I, I went, I don't know, man. I went to a JoJo Seawall concert, which I'm not proud to say that, but my daughter was <laughs> into it and I went to it. And that song came on before her set started. And the entire, the, the whole stadium was, was, I don't know, 13 and under, let's be honest, and parents. And every kid in that crowd was, was singing that song and, and, but the the that's kind of like the building. That's where I look at. I'm like, okay, you came out with this song, this kids love, and then you come out with the song where you're humping a devil. Yeah, and they know you know that that they're going to look at your next song. 
you know that they're going to watch it. Yep. And they're all fu- my. They've kids. already subscribed to your Eight. YouTube, right? Yep. It, they just switch, and they do it all the time. It's sad, man. It's it's just sad, and I, I I just don't understand how people can't see that. I I could have looked at you know Manson back in the day, and and I felt like the message that he was saying. I keep using him. That's just because he was the most crazy person but like at least understood why he was the way he was at least i felt like i understood why he was the way he was i don't understand not sex i don't get no. it yeah like yeah. you just came out of nowhere and you're wearing horns and you're grinding and it's like he came out as gay and then all of a sudden it was like this like right. you can't just be we yeah i i know people who are gay and i and I, you wouldn't know that they're gay you know what i'm right. saying like they're just normal dudes they're just cool as hell and yeah. you don't know it like, I don't understand that, like, why it has to be this wide open thing all of a sudden where everything goes, you know? Yeah. So that's my, say my piece. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, so, hey, Topher, it's been an hour. Yeah. Um, I thank you so much for coming on, man, because we've been trying to get this meeting happen here for a while. We had a little mess up, you know, in the first one, yeah, but schedule. Uh, I'm a big fan of your stuff, man. Like I've been saying, I've been watching you for over a year on TikTok are you're still on TikTok, right? At Topher Music Town. At Topher Town Music. Topher Town Music. Music. Sorry, yeah, that was just my brain. I dyslexic sometimes, but Topher Town Music also on IG, right? Yep, on every platform except for YouTube. YouTube is just Topher Town. Okay, and then TopherTown.com is where people can go find your uh, like uh, ticket sales and all this stuff. Are you? Yeah, prefer- uh, upcoming shows. Uh, if you want to buy signed copies of my CDs. Um, merch, all that, just go to my website and, uh, yeah, it'd be good. Well, before we go, are you planning on tour anytime soon? Like I know things are starting to open back up, but is this something that you're actively trying to do? Or I know you were talking about maybe some new music possibly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to get on the tour, but it's, it's kind of difficult, especially if I may have a hit song, but in the world of performing arts or at least, uh, performing live. Yeah. Uh, I'm still a rookie, so yeah. it's kind of hard when I say, hey, I want to do this venue. People look at me sideways. So um, I'm trying to get with a company, a booking company that can help get that done. But I will say I do have a show coming up August 7th with High Res, the Marine Rapper, Mises, Burden. We're going to be in Soundbar in Orlando, Florida on August 7th. And then August 28th, we're going to be in Taylor, Arizona. Uh, we're going to be performing out there with Tyson James, Kevin J., Bryson Gray um a whole slew of other artists and then you know charlie kirk and and everyone else gonna be out there speaking so that's my so there's two shows i have in the books right now and when tummy vex comes to jackson mississippi i'll be hitting the stage with him as well so that's gonna be lit because i already know like he gonna you know we're gonna be at mama hamels and we're gonna be throwing it in but i I will say this that would be a good show yeah i'm Uh, a big fan of him too man (laughs) yeah I, i did not know the Patriot was such a, a workout song. I have so many people in the fitness industry using the Patriot. It's good. And guess who? One of the biggest users of Patriot is Michael Hearn. And he's going to be in Jackson, Mississippi this weekend for a as a guest poser for the NPC competition. And he's going to do it to the Patriots. So, of course, I'm going to be front row to get video of it. Excellent. This is, this is a legend um, that's using my music now. And it just shows you how music has so many different avenues it can go like you, you didn't expect it to go into bodybuilding now you you know you you get you allow them to um chew on some things while they're working out which is a great time especially when you talk about meditating and getting your mind right so music is seriously infiltrating into many industries and i can't wait to see what comes from this man but yeah i'm um, just working on new music 
album, probably a new album by the end of this year. And yeah, just going hard. Well, I, I appreciate you, man. I, I love everything that you're doing. I've been following you for a long time. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep pumping out that great music. If you're ever in the uh, Pacific Northwest, feel free to hit us up, man. I'd love to be a part of your show. See what you see what you do, man. I'd love to see you in person. I love concerts. So thank I'm you. excited for that to come back. But thank you for your time. Uh, and uh, you're a smart dude, man. Yeah, yeah let's keep, keep going. Let's keep in touch. We'll do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate All right. It, awesome. Dave. Thanks so much. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Have All a good right, one. Right. Take it easy. Chris is taking care of that now. Uh, that was awesome. You guys, he's one of the best. Dude, he's a, he's a good dude, man. That uh, that album, that whole album is just rock solid, man. Yeah, I'm the, excited to see what comes next. So, well, I mean, for his, I believe it was his first album. And it's just... Oh, we forgot to ask him that. I think it was his first, like, the official. Pro, the production value is freaking phenomenal, man. Yeah. So... No, it's good, man. I, I think... Uh, you know, we got to we got to ask the questions that we wanted to ask. And I think that he's doing what everybody's trying to do right now. And that's, um, you know, take his voice, take what he's talented at and uh, make it, you know, kind of push towards the uh, cultural changing culture, man. I got it. Uh, we need to become a band now. Pardon My American is now a uh, oh boy. a boy band. <laughs> We're going to do this acapella. Okay. Oh boy. I uh We're I, gonna be very choreographed in yeah. our dances. CRT, not for me. Oh god. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait a second. Um uh, guys, I just want to also <laughs> let you guys know, um, because we had a guest on and because we were kind of having a conversation and unfortunately we have, you know, limited time. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of you guys were putting up uh some super chats up there. I, I got to see them. I got to read them. I appreciate them very much. Yes, absolutely. Um, Thank you unfortunately, guys. Unfortunately, like when we're in the, you know, beings that we have a guest on and we're, we're kind of in that conversation, it's not as easy to kind of read them out and stop what he's saying, but uh, we appreciate all of that stuff. And again, if you guys like what we do, um, please share it, especially when you got people like Topher on, like, you know, take some of his clips, take some of our clips, make something out of it, share the content, share yes. a 20 second clip of it because he's dealing with the same stuff that we are. And and it's and it's real, man. The censorship, the censorship's real, and yeah. uh, you know it's you know it's not that we suck or he sucks. It's just that they if they don't want you to be seen, they're gonna make it to where you're not seen and do make it as hard as possible for you guys to follow us. Completely follow agree. Him. So it was awesome. I, I appreciate his time. He's a busy guy. Yep, that was a great show. Yes. Okay. So thanks again, Topher, and thank you guys, everybody, for showing up. This yeah. was fun. Um, it was earlier than normal. Did you need to say anything else? Or are we good? Because we're going to go into our next hour here. Yeah, right? I'm good, man. All right. So, unfortunately, we're going to get off YouTube because there's some stuff that we have to talk about that we can't really talk about. Okay. All righty. Thank you, guys. Hope yeah. you enjoyed that conversation. We love you all. All right. You're awesome. Chris, good show. Awesome show. Cheers, brothers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. All righty. Until next time. Sayonara. Sayonara. <laughs>